Welcome back, everyone, to 101 Questions That Church Planters Ask. I'm your host, Danny Parmalee, and today we're answering the question, how do I avoid messing up my kids as a pastor? And to help answer that question, we have two very special guests, Daniel and Christina M., and uh, they have a podcast of their own in between. We'll give you guys a chance to give a little shout out for that later for our listeners. But Daniel, you also just released a new book, You Are What You Do, and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. And that's part of the reason why you guys are on this podcast. One of the chapters, which I read the whole book from front all the way to the back, and you had a chapter on family stuff, which I thought was just Great. So congratulations on that. And thank you guys so much uh, for being on the show today. Hey, it's so good to be with an old friend and especially one from Tennessee. So yeah. we decided to rep, right? Y'all got my Tennessee <laughs> I said, shirt I on. I my Tennessee yeah. shirt. Yeah, next time. <laughs> I was, I was going to say Tennessee certainly misses you guys, but um, how are things going for you uh, in Edmonton? Oh, well, you know, it's like completely white outside, so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's good old winter. So we Fair actually did get some snow today, but it has been a lot warmer. And of course, I, I see your pictures on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Tennessee weather today. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to go snowboarding later on today. So oh, that's, see. that's one of the benefits. Yeah, we're learning to yeah. play in it. Yeah, not just survive in it. So it's yeah. good. <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, well, let's jump right in. You guys kind of know a little bit of of the topic here. And part of this comes up because there's kind of this, I would say, um, even if it's a stereotype that for a lot of pastors, kids growing up, a lot of them walk away from not only the church, but even from their faith uh, completely. And we want to do anything that we can uh, to kind of prevent that. So why don't I just kind of kick it off and maybe some things that you could talk about what church planters, pastors can do, really even just in the area of kind of setting up boundaries and, you know, kind of navigating a little bit of that fishbowl. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we'll share out of our experience. Uh, and now we recognize that every church planters and pastors experience is a little bit different, especially with what the family dynamic is. So for Christina and I early on, Christina went, um, got her bachelor's of social work mm -hmm. and was working uh, in that. And, and then once we had kids, uh, you were also youth pastoring with me in Korea and we were doing ministry and life together and then you got pregnant. And then from that point on, you were a stay at home mom. So it was kind of, you know, I, I guess our entire, our entire parenthood journey has been predominantly with you being at home full time nice. with the kids. Uh, and now in the past couple of years, you've had, like in my book, I talk about side hustles. Uh, Christina's had several side hustles over the years, especially as we've started our podcast and it's grown yet predominantly, um, it has been at home, her full time at home. So I guess when we do share what we have done, that's just the caveat, recognizing that we are able to do that. And, and obviously it's, it's a choice that we've made mm -hmm. to say, yeah, if Christina were to work, work full time outside of the home you know i guess we maybe could have gone on more vacations but <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's the you know the lifestyle that we've chosen the ministry and life balance that we've chosen yeah. in this mm -hmm. and i do want to talk um maybe you're even listening to this podcast and you're thinking well i don't even have kids yet and uh, hopefully it's something that looking back in our own lives and going into ministry i was really really afraid to go into ministry because of this stereotype right i've even seen uh, pastors of churches that i went to before and and seeing their kids walk away it's almost like why would i 
choose this path for my children if I know it's going to end in heartache. And when we were discerning our calling, that was really a stumbling block. And so if you're feeling afraid, maybe you're in ministry right now and you're like, why are we doing this? May this be an encouragement. We pray that it's an encouragement to you and also realize that, hey, we want to validate that those are real feelings and we'd like to address those. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I know we're talking about kids specifically and and the parenting side of it, but I would say though the relationship that you have with your spouse Mm -hmm. is really going to set the foundation for how you, um, how, how your kids, your, your, I guess, implicit expectations on your children in regards to ministry. So the way that you, the expectation that you have on your spouse that because some are going to be, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my spouse is going to be a member of the church and I will expect on uh, my spouse what I would expect on a member, right? Just, and, and there are many that would actually go about and set the boundaries in that way. Uh, and then there are others who it's very much of a twofer, right? It's like, you got to do the assessment together. And, and even if you did the assessment together, which I know Converge does and has an incredible assessment process, even there, there's that sense of, well, yeah, you are in it together, but there is that level of involvement. So first you need to recognize what that is, because that's then going to lean in and direct how you then approach your children in ministry. Right. And that's an ongoing conversation because as you're uh, discerning the call, as you're going through the church planting and as you're having children, those could all be very different seasons in your life. Uh, For example, when Dino Mm -hmm. and I were in Korea together, we didn't have kids right away. And it was like we were doing school on the side and working in youth ministry together. Mm -hmm. And we could be all in 100% of the time. And then I got pregnant and doing school and being morning sickness and you know, so on and so forth, and then having a baby and having no family around. And then you realize, hey, what worked before is not working now. And it's not fair to put those expectations on each other, right? So we encourage this all the time on our own podcast too. You need to have those conversations because life continually goes on and things change and we both change. And it's that opportunity just to check in with one another and be like, what am I expecting you to do versus what's reality? And how can we go on from this? Uh, so how does that translate into conversations with the children or, or, or does it not? So it makes sense when you have two adults like, Hey, I expect you to, you know, at least, at least come on Sundays, right? You you can say that to your spouse, (laughs) but how much do you, do you break it down? Or would you suggest that parents talk to their children because, um, children being in ministry is different than all the other kids, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that essentially are there. So so how do they engage? At what level do they engage with their kids to talk about that, I guess, um, tension yeah, I, and involvement? Yeah, that I mean, that question in and of itself is such an important question to ask because then you're not assuming, right? You're not assuming, oh, hey, kids, well, because you're my kids and because I'm the pastor, well, you better do this and you better go to that and you better. I mean, to actually, you know, assume that and not have conversations with them is actually quite unhealthy and to even expect more from your kids than you would from other children in the church. I think that's what actually sets them up for this 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 internal tension mm-hmm. and being like, uh, so am I special or am I, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to please my father or my heavenly father? And you know, there's this there's this weird dynamic that happens when you end up expecting more on your kids than you would any other family. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we really need to start, right? It's it's that it's that sense of okay, hey, 
Are you expecting your spouse to be like any other member in the church? Are you expecting your kids to be like any other child in the church? And if so, then what do those healthy boundaries look like? And, and obviously when they're younger, it's different. Like when you have a four-year-old, that's going to be different than the conversation you have with a 12-year-old and with a 16-year-old, right? So for us, as our kids have gotten older, they've definitely noticed and, and there's more of a self-awareness that it's like, oh, wait a second. So my dad's the boss? Uh, this is, uh, you know, and then there's this, there's this, you know, they, they begin thinking, right? So I think that's where the foundation of, well, actually, no, I mean, we're all level, you know, the level is playing. Yeah, daddy works here, but, you know, the level is playing. So what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Along with that too, yeah, we're on the level plane. I think we do need to help our kids address and understand that people will not see them on an equal playing field. They'll either elevate them and think, wow, they're the most godliest kids ever, or they're going to look for ways to try to like poke your armor, so to speak, or look for ways like, oh, wow, you sinned in that area, or look at what he's wearing, or look at what she's listening to. And so to be able to talk even around the dinner table and spend time together and be like, "Uh, how do you feel Mm if somebody were to criticize what you were wearing today and to have that kind of dialogue together and even be able to have the opportunity to remind them that we are all children of God and also to be able to role play and be like, what would you say or what would you do if this happened and then be able to talk about that? Yeah, um, I think too, just um, again, just the those conversations are healthy with the whole fishbowl mentality and being able to explain to them that people do view them differently, even though they're still a child of God, which is equal to all the other children uh, and stuff in the church. Are there some phrases or kind of mentalities that you have found to be pitfalls um, that that as as you've witnessed other, you know, maybe pastors to say like, when these types of words or these types of phrases or kind of thoughts kind of come out to your children, those are the things that can have long-term effects, even if you didn't really intend it to be that way. Does that make sense? Kind of what I'm, what I'm asking. Yeah. There's, you know, there's that sense where Jesus says, Hey, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And while that's true, I think uh, in ministry, we tend to place an extra measure of a yoke on our children uh, when we use words like you should or you have to and there's not the explanation in and around it and it's like yeah but this person yeah but you 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 have to right like you just or do this for me right anytime that that's just it's very it's it's very unfair yeah it's it's unfair and 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 i recognize that there is that fishbowl mentality but there's that side of hey how do you help them be aware of what they're feeling and help them perceive and create that safe space, let's say around a dinner table where your Mm -hmm. children are wanting to and and able to and feel comfortable to bring these sorts of observations up. Yeah, I think it's powerful that your kids hear that you struggle with that too. Whether you like it, maybe you like being in the center of attention, maybe you feel elevated about that, maybe you just feel more special about that and being able, you might have kids who have personalities who really like to be front and center and being able to be like, you know, that is a struggle for me, I understand that, but where is my true identity come from Mm -hmm. right and then you'll have other kids or maybe even you feel this yourself where you hate being the center of attention you hate people knowing your name and your life and you have no idea 
how they know that, right? You, you've you never seen them before. And yet they are asking all of these things about you because they heard it in a sermon or they follow you on Instagram. Uh, for example, we had uh, an announcement made at church and one of our daughters came up to me afterwards and was just like, um, it, I, I feel weird that people know my name and I don't know them. And I looked at her and I said, you know, honestly, honey, like I feel weird about that too because I want to know their names and I want to know their stories and I don't want it just to go one way. Mm. So this is kind of what I do, but this is, this is how I feel. I understand how you feel because I feel like that too. There's so much power in validating and listening to your children and being like, yeah, look, wow, my mom feels like that too. I'm not just this lone person who doesn't fit into this family because I feel like that. So there's, yeah, a lot of, you can encourage your children that way. Yeah. That's, that's great. That brings up one of the biggest questions uh, that I get uh, a lot is, um, is it okay or to what degree should a pastor use the children as sermon illustrations? We, I know on the receiving side, there's something about hearing the personal stories, hearing about the children, it humanizes. But on the flip side, I know that that can be damaging to children. Uh, so I don't know, just give some advice in that area that again, helps to prevent kids from feeling used, abused or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, why don't you go first? Cause, yeah. Yeah, cause we, we've had conversations about this and there's stories where I'll be like, hey, can I share that or? Right, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think when, when they're young and don't really know there's even social media out there, I think that's a, a conversation that you and your spouse need to have about how much are we able to talk about this? How much mm-hmm. are we able to share about this? Knowing also that those things will follow them in the future. Like mm-hmm. we want to think that it's, you know, it's sent out in whatever outer space and then it's done but those things will you know if people want to know more about them when they were two years old that's a possibility as they grow older uh, then those are the conversations especially I'm thinking you know preteens teens to have those conversations of do you feel comfortable if I share this is if you don't then I want to respect that boundary Mm -hmm. just the same as I think it's important for our teenagers and our young teens whoever has you know social media being like mom dad are you okay if I share this about our family? Because if you don't feel comfortable about it, then maybe I need to think about something else, right? So just that even extra pause, that moment of contemplation of even thinking like, why am I, why am I sharing this? And is it at a detriment to my family? Is it elevating my family? Because I want to look more perfect than I am. So yeah, having that space to, to think about it. Yeah, and then there's that side of who is the main character? Right. So when you think about it, there's there's main characters and there's supporting characters. So when you're sharing a story and your child is a supporting character or, you know, they're not you're not necessarily sharing intimate details about their mess ups or this, that or the other. But it's they're more of that supporting character in the story. I feel like that's always safer than necessarily putting them and placing them as the main character or um, them as right. So there's that gradient, right? I mean, it definitely if they're the main character, and it's like a failure sort of story. I mean, that's just uber embarrassing, right? You would never even want to share that about your spouse, right? right? If there's any sort of failure or whatnot, or, or, you know, or trip up, you know, make yourself that person, I, I find that that always humanizes yourself when I think pastors sometimes too often make themselves the hero of every story. 
right? So I think that's just something to be aware of. Okay, well, how do we even make it where someone else is the hero of the story? And then that, that, that does humanize us. So I think there's definitely levels as to, okay, this is going to be safe. And, and this, I definitely need to ask their permission and, and this and that. And, and as they get older, it would be, it's even more so in terms of the sensitivity around how much do you share and, and, and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be careful as parents, too. I think that we can sort of, especially as uh, pastors, we can sort of throw the card in, but this will help people. And we can almost um, try to navigate the way that we talk to our kids. Like, can I share this story? Oh, no, you don't want me to. But this will help so many people. And that is a boundary I don't think that parents should cross. Because if they're saying, no, I don't feel comfortable about that, we can show our children that we love them Mm -hmm. for who they are just by respecting that issue. Yeah, completely. That's great. Now, as kids get a little bit older, I think and this is where it gets really difficult at um, how much choice should they have? So I think of especially as kids get into middle school and definitely into high school, where it's like, hey, mom, dad, I don't I don't want to go to youth group or I want to go to a different youth group. You know what I mean? Because my friends are going there and it's the evil church that's across the street that is growing larger than ours. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but... How um, dare they? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, just uh, how, how do they... Yeah. How, how do they navigate some of those choices? And maybe the one, you know, going to another church is easier, but what it's like, hey, I, I don't want to go or I don't want to go to church today, which I don't know, maybe you guys have even talked about that in your podcast when the spouse I had time. That was the beautiful thing of a multi-site. Everyone just thought that Emily was at a different church when she just needed <laughs> a complete break from going to yeah. church. So, But um, yes. with kids. Yeah. With a lot of prayer. <laughs> oh, for sure. With a lot of prayer yeah. and guide and, and seeking others' guidance on those issues, right? Because I think this is one of those areas where it's so easy to fall into the, but you have to, mm-hmm. right? What are people going to think of me, right? And then you, and then, and, and then it, it just places all of these unfair expectations on your children, right? And I think that's why it's so important you know, but before it gets to that place. Now, if it gets to, if it's at that place, that's, it's another thing and we can address that. But, but even before it gets to that place, how do you shepherd and pastor your child's heart? Right. So that gathering together with one another, gathering together um, with other believers in a church setting is one of the highlights of the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another uh, two words that have meant a lot to us is to stay curious, stay Mm. curious about our children. If a child, if one of our children came up and said, hey, I don't want to go to church today, then instead of my default, honestly, was thinking if they don't go to church, then what will people think? And I know that about me. And so that's why when it's like, take a pause, take a breath, instead of being like, well, you have to, blah, blah, blah. And I would never say, Mm. never admit to them, it's because I'll look bad. No, 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 no. It would be many other excuses beyond that but to be like okay take a breath and pray for wisdom yeah and then ask why is that why don't you want to go to church today or if it's you know i want to go to a different youth group why do you want to go to a different youth group and it's not a condescending thing and also there's been times if they're saying that and they're just emotional and stressed out and yelling maybe today is not the right time to have or maybe this moment is not the right time to have that conversation maybe it's two hours later maybe it's the next day to have those conversations but asking why like for example i think back to we went to when i was between grade two and grade six we went to this 
church that was in the middle of nowhere, 45 minutes away from where we lived because an old pastor went there. I had nothing in common with these children. I remember standing there feeling so lost and so Mm. alone and so just out of place. Who wants to feel like that? If I had my say, I would say, I don't want to go to church today because I feel like a loser. Mm. I have no friends, right? But my, I mean, I wasn't, I couldn't stay home by myself anyways, but my parents, I never said it and my parents never asked me about it too. But I think, wow, looking back, how incredible would it be if we had that conversation? If I could tell my parents, like, I feel awful when I go to church. I don't have any friends. And then what could we, you know, continue to talk about after that? Yeah. So I think even right, right there, right? I mean, there's that skill of empathy where you need to be able to empathize with your children. And instead of going straight to a response, right, you need to share possibly moments where you haven't wanted to go and how, and not necessarily from the perspective of, I didn't, but then because of this, I did, right? Just kind of let that sit and empathize with them, show them that you felt the same thing, that you've been there, and then ask the questions, right? Of, well, because there's always a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's never just, uh, oh, well, I don't like I don't want to go because I don't want to go. No, there's there's something. It's it's maybe someone there. Right. Or a lack of someone there or something that's happened that you actually need to address that together. Uh, and really, that's the issue. It's, church isn't the issue. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and honestly, yeah. it's seldom the church. That's the issue. It's people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? So being yeah. able to. Yeah. So this might even just be that opportunity to talk about Matthew 18 or, or, or wrestle that out where you're teaching your kids in that way, too. All right. Last one. This is maybe the most difficult one. How do you um, or how how should potentially parents deal with navigating kind of that doubt and especially rebellion when it gets to that point where they're um yeah just totally going off and and as pastors we all know you know there the 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 first timothy passage about you know we we have to be able to maintain our household and if we can't maybe we're disqualified so there is that extra bit of pressure i guess for us to have children but how do you any any just words of wisdom to help navigate uh doubt and rebellion Honestly, it's, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the part where, you know, we've joined together with fellow pastors and fellow Mm -hmm. friends because it's, it's one of those issues where, I mean, it's not, it's, I I wish it was more out of the norm Mm -hmm. (laughs) than, than it actually is. And and I think honestly, it comes down to, uh, do you have, are you in community and do you have others that you can trust Mm -hmm. with information like this? Who will go to the throne, you know, to the, the to the to the to the foot of Jesus with this with you, and to pray together with you? Because there are sometimes where uh, no no book, no tactic, <laughs> no skill right. is going to change their heart. Right? We even see in First Corinthians three that we need to plant seeds and we need to water them, but it's God the one. God is the one that mm-hmm. that causes the growth. So I think especially in those rebellious instances, the best thing that we can do is to fast, to pray, to invite others to join with us in that, and just ask for God's grace and mercy upon it, that he would shift and change your children's affections, that that he would change their 
perspective and what they're looking to and what they're looking for. And then also, I think there's the audit of where are they being influenced and who is influencing them? Yeah. Because it might, uh, you know, there's there's the prayer side, there's the spiritual warfare side, right, in Ephesians 6, but there's also that side of, hey, are they maybe overly influenced by who, right? Right. So being able to address that side of it is going to help too. Yeah, and I think it's really going back to what you're saying, like, just trusting God as mm-hmm. well, that he is their heavenly father. Yes, yeah. we have been blessed with children on earth and we can disciple them and we can love them. And, but I mean, there's free will, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. have the wonderful and sometimes scary in our own heads opportunity to really trust God and um, ask them to be His Lord, their Lord and savior. Uh, and sometimes that happens as a kid and they don't walk away. And sometimes that doesn't happen until the older or just sometimes uh, it happened to my grandpa, my grandpa when he was 91 years old. That's yeah. when he decided yeah. to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. But just remember that the promises of God, that he is the same yesterday, today, forever, that he is with you. He will never forsake you and that he pursues us. And I think as much as we want to, you know, have the guarantee that our children must be Christian before they leave the home, we don't have that, but just know that God is pursuing them as well. Yeah. Amen. That's great. All right. Before I let you guys go, how can people find your podcast? Also, tell me just a little bit. Give me some different snippets of kind of um, what you talk about on the podcast and stuff would be great. Yeah. So the easiest way is uh, our last name is two letters. I am. So it's in between. So not in between. It's in between. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if you look up in between on your podcasting app, you'll see our faces. Otherwise, you go to just in between dot org dot org and you'll be able to find the podcast, the show notes and all that stuff. But yeah, why don't you share what our podcast is about? Yeah, it's about marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. That's sort of the... <laughs> Which I love. I, I, think it's, yes. I think it's great. I mean, when I was like, oh, that is beautiful. Like, logo, everything is awesome. So oh, Thanks. Yeah. So, And our heart's desire is really to give people the tools to build strong, connected, joy-filled marriages and families. Yeah. And so we do weekly episodes that drop on Monday nights to give you the tools to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Daniel and Christina, thank you guys so much. Thank you, listeners. And remember, if you have any questions, you can head over to churchplantersask.com. You can drop a question there. And until next time, keep asking those questions. 